Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome back to another episode of Don't Blame Me. Today we have one of like my OG YouTube homies. Yeah, and Melissa. Hey, I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy that I'm here visiting in town. Hell Hi. yeah! Yes, I'm really le- I'm glad to be back in LA. Yeah, we've been like homies since like Megan Rosette and Let's oh, Make It Up One, dude. Shooting forever. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because I feel like I made YouTube friends for a solid like 
maybe 18 months mm-hmm. and then I made no new ones so oh, no new friends no new friends <laughs> like all of the YouTube friends that I have are from like that era that's funny. and then I was like yeah I'm sad like I'm good like I don't need anymore and mm-hmm. I'll have like friend crushes like Tana Mojo but like oh my god I can see that oh I literally went to BeautyCon one year just to meet her like I was like I'm gonna go to her meetup and then- I love that I love that you're as <laughs> much of a fangirl as I am like I- lost it over her i pick my people that i'm a fan of and it's like it's embarrassing mm-hmm. like whitney simmons has a gymshark pop-up today oh. i'm about to go buy my weight in gymshark outfits oh, i like, love that yeah I, I i found her from one of those tart trips i didn't go on it but yeah. i saw that she was on it <laughs> and i was like you're doing like squats with your nice butt and you're in bora Dude, bora it was great have, do you ever like okay her instagram it's it's insane her squats when she squats i'm like will i ever look like that well, it's not possible it's it's one of those things that i'm like i can't like my butt will never look like that but also like i can't squat that low <laughs> no, <me neither. laughs> like, I, will tr- I, I truly can't and i just like look at her form and i'm just like things i aspire to be like same like i will never look like when they're like okay now squat like you're sitting in a chair i'm like i'm gonna look like i'm sitting in a stool like a high stool. <laughs> like i'm never going to be like she squats like she's squatting sitting on a squatty potty that's how low she goes <laughs> it's insane and she looks perfect doing it yeah. it's stupid it's crazy yeah i want to be that ripped i want to be like when i get to be a mom i want to be that fucking ripped oh, okay i love ripped moms you i know? do too with like but their you, giant you want, biceps like, you want like the challenge of like getting pregnant first and then getting ripped yeah, yeah. like okay it gives me the it gives, it gives me time <laughs> it gives me a lot of time and also like you have to like I, I used to like decide I, I decided I wanted to work out because I wanted to be able to lift my own suitcase into the overhead bin. Yes, same. But I feel like I want to get ripped when I have kids because I have to lift children. Like, and it's not just like a once a year, oh, let me put my suitcase up. Like, no, no, this is like my kid will be like, mommy, and I'll be like, fuck your head. Just pull them with, <laughs> with one hand, just toss them That's up in what the air. I want to do. <laughs> have you ever and seen those moms up. do workout videos with yeah. their kids where they're like bench pressing their yeah, children? Yeah, I've seen do that. It in like yoga, and I'm like, okay, no, I want to like, yeah, I want to deadlift my baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys are new here, this is Don't Blame Me. It's an advice podcast. Uh, and if you want to be on an upcoming episode, or you don't necessarily want to be, but you like really need help with your life, and you want to leave us a voicemail, you can give us a call at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to do my very best. I'm hoping that I've been in enough therapy to make me a good advice yeah, giver. right? Yeah. I, I feel like at this point, if I'm not, like I should ask <laughs> for a refund. Like I would like my money back. You're right. Uh, should we get on to the first one? Let's try it. Hey, Megan and Melissa and whoever else there. <laughs> um, I'm 23. I just started law school. And by the way, listen to your podcast on my commute every single day to school and away from school. It's great. So, with that being said, um, I have found in my life that I make the best relationships organically. Um, in undergrad, I joined a sorority and realized, like, it wasn't for me, and it took me, like, three or four years to make solid friends um, with common interests. But then I go to law school, and they basically make you feel like networking and knowing everyone and getting along with everyone and um, essentially just being, like, a very extroverted person is um, not the only way to excel, but I guess, like, <laughs> Just it's important. 
and I would consider myself more of an introvert. I'm kind of like a one-on-one person, but in terms of like starting conversations with people, it's not my thing. Um, if someone talks to me, of course, like I'm friendly. But most of the people in my class have this like disingenuineness about them, and um, it's it's so hard. Uh, it kind of brings it out in me. Like I feel like I have to fake conversation or like I want to be a bubbly person. So I guess my question is, do you have any advice um, for an introvert and kind of like social settings, how to start conversations, how to lead conversations, but also like how not to get caught up in the bullshit and to just kind of be genuine while also, you know, being likable in some way. Damn, that's hard. Can I first say, like, being genuine is the most likable? Yeah. So it's not an either or. Mm-hmm. Very much goes together. Uh, do you consider yourself an introvert? I I think I'm, like, I j- joked about with this my therapist. I think I'm, like, a depressed extrovert like uh, and, like, a socially anxious extrovert. Like, mm. I don't regain energy, al- like, in the definition of an introvert. Like, you regain that energy and, like, you refill your tank alone mm-hmm. or, like, in – those kinds of situations I don't feel like that like I feel like when I'm around people that I really like and I've chosen to be there and I feel like it's like my kind of setting like if I'm on set like Mm -hmm. I come home and I'm so energized like the whole time like I'm like feeding off of that energy I don't feel like that if I'm just like spending the day at home by myself but at the same time like if I'm with a group of people I don't like like I don't I'm not thriving I'm like I'm dying inside I'm fucking dying I'm fucking dying um (laughs) but that's also kind of I feel like the situation that she's in is like do you consider yourself more of an introvert I'm fully introverted yeah Yeah, that makes definitely I get my energy being alone I relate to this struggle a hundred percent like this sounds like I could have called in and asked this question at one point in my life so networking is it's it, I I th- also find it a really disingenuous thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Mm. Okay. First thing I want to throw out there is I read this book called Quiet. Uh, I forget the tagline. It's something like the art of surviving, the introvert's guide to surviving in a world that can't stop talking. And I think uh, this caller would actually really like it. It opens with a story of the author's experience as a lawyer and how being an introvert actually really helped her. So I think this would be a good one. Uh, It goes into a lot of the unique strengths that introverts bring to the world. Because for me, like I grew up being very introverted and especially in high school, I felt like that meant that I was never going to... Yeah. Like, have a place, you know? Because high school, the hierarchy is how confident and how loud are you? Exactly. Um, and so I think, like, part of my own journey of, like, fully embracing myself has been learning that, like, I do have strengths and good things to offer the world as an introvert. Mm-hmm. And I think that book was one of, like, a particular turning point for me. So I recommend. Um, okay. But... I have so many thoughts. I have to collect. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm already impressed with the book. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, very, very impressed. Yeah, it's called the Quiet: The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Okay, I got close. You were very close. <laughs> really fucking close. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, let's see. So, I think you're asking two things. Actually, I think you're asking about making genuine connections with people that you care about, and you're asking about the act of networking. And I don't think that they necessarily have to be the same thing. I think that when we try to make networking something where we feel like there's going to be a level of connection that you can make with people, but that's not necessarily where you're going to get into like the stuff that makes you move and feel as a person. 
you know, that's your close relationships, that's your friends, that's your family, that's all that. Um, the art of networking is, I think it's about making connections with people in your field, people that have similar interests and all those kind of things that are going to help you when you get out of law school and you're working in whatever facet of law you want to get into. Um, so I think as far as like how to survive networking and how to make it work for you, I think, you know, and embrace the fact that you seem like you're a very, like you're a person that really enjoys your own sense of authenticity and your own sense of genuineness with people and with conversation. And that is going to help you so much in your professional life and in your personal life. I think it will even help you honestly in networking because it gives you the ability to actually care when you're having small talk with people, which I feel sometimes people that are just like extroverted to the extreme don't have. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I guess first is like recognize your strengths and then recognize that like when you are networking, it's a skill. It's learning how to like you, somebody brings up something. It's like batting I think of it like tennis like batting yeah, it's a like ball a mini batting. meeting yeah. it's not like a friend casual hang exactly so you learn like the ropes of like here's how you like bounce the ball back and forth across the court and get it where you're trying to go you know so if you're trying to make a connection in this class so that you have I don't know just to prove to yourself that you can make connections that's one thing if you're trying to get something out of it like later in life where you need a connection to get you into a certain role or whatever like you know you you gain those skills and so I think part of it is just practice. And I honestly, because like doing what we do, we have to network quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I hate it. I hate it. It so makes much. me feel like I'm dying. It. Well, I know because every time we end up at a networking oh, we, event, we, we just like, sit on a, we find a couch and we just sit and ignore everybody else. We do. <laughs> this is why I have no new friends. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need to meet anybody else. If I find no one person. I'm like, I'm solid. No, I know. I've done that too, obviously. <laughs> um, but I've read books like, I think it's like 92 ways to talk to anybody. And it's like little tips and stuff that you can like have in the back of your head. Or there's a YouTube channel called Charisma On Demand um, where they Ooh. just give you like little tips for like how to like go through a conversation. And if you're an introvert, you're probably a little bit more introspective. You probably think in terms of like facts and figures a little bit more. So it will probably help you to have a couple things in your back pocket where you're like, oh, okay. So in this situation, if I do this, it will help things mm -hmm. move forward. Just like giving you like a little bit of a sense of knowing what you're doing, a little bit of sense of confidence and like maybe in an area where you don't feel it as much. Yeah. And I think it's play on the strength of the fact that you say you work so much better in like on a one on one. Like yeah. that's like what you're saying is like when you the person who's like networking in the sense of like talking to a big group and like being funny, like that's not someone you're like, oh, I can really like you. But if you're actually trying to get like a work connection later on, people aren't like, well, I don't actually really know if you've got great worth, work ethic. Like I know that you're funny and like yeah. you're charming, but I don't have that like a one-on-one -on -one memory. So like I think if like you find someone who like looks friendly, like there's – and like I think a lot of people fake the networking thing yeah. of like being like, oh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on. So as disingenuous as all these other people seem – I think if you can come through very genuine and talk to one person, I think that facade that they're putting on will probably drop. Mm -hmm. And I think focusing one-on-one, -on -one, even if it's like you go to these networking events and maybe that's not where you thrive, but there's like someone in one of your classes that like you think is really interesting or some like a TA or I don't even know how law school works in that way, but like someone mm -hmm. that you want, like, and maybe it's like, hey, like I'd love to take you to coffee and pick your brain. And then you can have that one-on-one -on -one conversation and I think a good starter is like, yeah, come like finding like different things. But if any time for me when I'm like feeling super uncomfortable and like trying to get to know someone and like make those connections, I just ask a ton of questions. Like yeah. I'm just going to start by asking you about yourself. And that makes that person feel so much more comfortable. And then it, it you 
I, at least for me, like I get the most anxious when I think that like I'm fucking up a conversation and someone else feels Same. weird. So I'm going to do anything to make you just feel like this is the greatest conversation ever, even if like I'm not getting anything out of it. But you being like, oh, wow, this was really great. And I talked about myself all the time. Then mm-hmm. I feel like, OK, cool. This I feel more confident and comfortable. So I think that's uh, a good way to do it. And you don't feel like you're putting yourself out on a limb as much right. when you're talking about like yourself in that way, because like you're just asking about them. Um, and you're right. It's, it's a muscle. It's something that you practice. And like you said at the beginning, like it's so different than making friends. I think it's one thing is many meetings and many interviews and that. And then the other one is like finding really nice, cool people. And even the people that you might see and meet at these networking things might come across as really like not your kind of person, but they might end up being that once you see them and talk to them in the real world. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I used to go to, when I first moved here, go to networking events. Like I'd be at one like three times a week and it was exhausting. And the thing is nothing ever really came out of it because Mm. everyone was trying to do the same thing. And so Mm. I found that the, that just making friends with people And then, like, your friends can connect you with other people that are in that field. So, like, for example, um, this one girl that I I met, like, at a VidCon one year, she um, is... Was it me? (laughs) (laughs) It was at the same VidCon where we saw each other, like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, but she um, is one of these people that just knows everyone, and she's good at the networking, and so she'll be like, hey, Melissa, I have somebody that I think you would vibe with and so she'll set us up on like a coffee thing Mm. and so i think like finding friends that are like genuine and and um is the first step in actually networking yeah Yeah. i guess that actually makes sense Mm -hmm. um one quick thing was like when i was working on my social anxiety to put words to what you Mm -hmm. said one of the things that i read is that like typically when we start to spiral and freak out over like how we're performing in a conversation we're turning the focus back in and like circling here where what you should do is turn it back to the other person yeah. and like focus because it takes the lot. weight and pressure off of you exactly um and the other thing like when i started cosmetology school and i had to talk to people like all the freaking time i would go home every day and cry about it like it was the hardest thing and yeah muscle builds it up yeah it's like it's it's like dating and as mm-hmm. much as people think that like you, it might come across like wow people are so good at this and they really like it no one does like it and i think like if you can not and I don't think you'll get caught up in like the the faking it aspect but I think once you do it more you'll see that it is kind of just like putting on a show and a facade and that it's not a forever thing and it's not gonna it's not it's not what'll make or break everything and I think like especially in like college and I'm assuming law school in that same way I that kind of like idea that like you have to like speak to big groups and like make all these like that that's what really matters and like lasts but it's I mean I remember like even I mean I won't say because like you were in a sorority and like you mm-hmm. get along well, well with all of them and like you still well, do stuff well not all of them but like <laughs> you still are active mm-hmm. in like alumni stuff I have friends who joined sororities just for the networking stuff and they're like yeah no I didn't none no. of that shit panned out at all so like <laughs> I wouldn't put as much pressure on yourself for networking i think when you're young and you're trying to like i don't know stand out i think like we try to find anything we can that's going to get a leg up and Mm -hmm. put a lot of weight on it when it's really not actually as important as like your education and like if these like networking events and stuff like in the long haul of like your career in law is that's not what's going to make or break it at all Mm -hmm. that's for sure the other thing is i guess there's 
didn't say this, but there are very much different kinds of networkers. Like, mm-hmm. I can go into an event and I'll probably make, like, three, to, if I'm really trying, I'll make, like, three to five, like, connections where, like, me and this person actually, like, spent time together and there's something that can come out of it. And then there's some people that can go in and they can meet 20 people and dazzle all of them and both of those methods are entirely mm-hmm. valid. Yeah. And it's just whoever you are in that situation and whatever is right for you. Um, So, yeah, it's just finding your own voice and your own self in there but also like when you feel like people are being kind of bullshitty and just like trying to put on a face like they're learning their style too Mm -hmm. and it's not you know you don't have to meet them on that you can stay in your own authenticity in that yeah and people will see that and they'll like that Mm -hmm. but best of luck and congrats on law school Mm -hmm. for sure like okay elwood yeah (laughs) fuck yeah dude um and yeah let us know how it goes hi megan hi melissa and uh whoever the guest is. Um, I'm 20 years old. I'm turning 21 in April, so a few months from now. Um, I'm in college, and so (laughs) not really sure how to start off here. Um, I know it sounds a little uh, not even shallow that I worry about this, but just this isn't something that I would normally, like, pick at or notice. But one of the things that bothers me about my friend group is I'm not really close to all of them. Um, I have a very strong personality, and I somehow just always find out when people are talking to me just because I'm constantly having anxiety, and I just feel like my anxiety, like, just always leads me towards finding out that people are talking about me, if that makes sense. Um, So I've heard some really, really horrible things that were said about me, and um, not that I'm the type to hold a grudge, but I just feel like a lot of true colors were shown. And it just kind of hurts me to kind of just be living with these people and um, kind of just be struggling because they are my only college friends. Um, But my main, main question is, what do I do about feeling so bothered when my friend group, they all comment on each other's, like, Instagrams and stuff, you know, like, being a supportive friend, like, complimenting them. But then, like, when I post something, like, I don't get any replies, like, say, like, on my Snapchat story, like, they never say, like, oh, you look so cute, like, no one checks up on me, like, it, I don't know, I guess it's just one of those little things that for some reason bother me, um, I tried taking, like, a social media detox or whatever, um, by deleting Instagram, and I honestly loved it, but literally just now, which prompted me to make this call, I re-downloaded it, and the first thing I saw was one of my, um, friend group uh, one of the girls in my friend group had posted a picture and literally all of them were commenting like you look great like blah 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 and I was tempted to be Betty and post the picture and just kind of do like a little social experiment but I just deleted the app um, so that is helping me so I'm just wondering if you have any words of advice of just um, hopefully what I can do to just kind of be a little bit more mature about the situation and not let something so silly like social media comments um kind of really get to me um i love your podcast i literally listen to it constantly in the car at the gym um yeah i love you guys thank you so much bye i mean i don't think you're being immature at all no i don't think so either i also really relate to you (laughs) big personality you can sniff when people are talking about you from a mile away yeah that is my it is my number one party trick that no one asks to see We'll be at a party and I'll be either with like Mots or I'll be with like somebody else and I'll just be looking. I was like, my girl's talking about me right now. 
Mott's like, no, she's not. No, that girl's 100% talking about me right now. And then, like, someone else will come over and, like, talk and, like, will say, like, say something that I'm like, oh, no, yeah, you clearly, this is, this is, like, a whole thing. Wow. It's also, it's mostly, like, girls who, like, has, like, have, like, made out with my boyfriend or, like, Um. had, like, oh, I, like, didn't know that he had a girlfriend. It's like, and then I'm like, bitch, I can, (laughs) and I'm, like, super confrontational. So I, I very much understand that feeling. Um, but I truly, I think the reason, like you're saying, like, I don't want this to bother me as much and be more mature. I think the, the reason it bothers you, um, is because like there, it, it, it follows the same narrative that like your friends who like have, you know, have been talking bad about you behind your back Mm. and then you go on Instagram and they're all hyping each other up and not talking and not commenting on yours. Like it follows the same narrative of like, I truly just think you have some shitty friends Mm -hmm. and it sucks. And like anytime someone calls in or says anything about a friend group, my red flags go up. Right. And I'm like friend groups. It's not, it's doesn't work. It doesn't function in the way that like, Oh, and they, and they also carry such importance in high school and, mm-hmm. like, college and, like, that time when you have, like, your group of, like, your group of gals, like, you have all, like, I think about that to, like, my, like, high school, like, friend group. There's a pre-prom picture of us, senior year, and nothing is more, like, uh, show, telling of me and my high school experience because it's me with, like, 50, 40 people. And that's, like, technically my friend group. And in every picture, it's my best friend, Cindy, and I looking at each other, either squeezing each other's hands, like, laughing or just looking at each other as if nobody else is there. Because, like, that's the thing. It's, like, you can't be – you can't be incredibly, incredibly close with, like, 15 people and Mm -hmm. have you all be on the same page and have, like, them all be equally as close. Like, it's natural that people are going to kind of break off into, like, twos or threes and – it really sucks when it feels like you don't have – I have a really hard time with when people have issues with me that I don't have issues with them because I'm like, why do you hate – what do you mean? I don't hate you. Yeah. Like, what did – and I'm like I, – I get very like, well, I want to hate you first. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, that kind of thing. And it, it feels really frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like – I think like I, I get that you – like – I think you live with them. Did you say she's roommates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think like – what you need to do is there's definitely the you're feeling really really isolated and you're the only one in this situation um and not even like a woe is me kind of way but i would say try and like take a step back and like do some digging and see are they doing this to other people and you're like is does it feel like they're the one like you're the only one out or is it like are there a couple of people left out and if that's true reach out to those people and hang out with those people in your friend group a little bit more i think even if it is like a small friend group there does tend to be a hierarchy of like who's the coolest one and those voices and what they say and do like that means the most and that matters the most to get that approval um and i think like fostering relationships with like small like even like the first call like smaller groups of people and like one-on-one kind of stuff I think it's gonna feel a lot better and more important and deeper because like those are people that actually really care about you and I think the reason why you're upset about the social media stuff is because it's manifesting this like fear that you have that your friends don't that some of your friends don't like you and are talking bad about you and it just kind of adds to it um and I think the detoxing is a great thing, but I think, like, you also kind of need to detox shitty people in your life. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. When I was listening to this, I was like, so is it the Instagram comments that are a problem or the <laughs> friends that are yeah. a problem? Um, I mean, it's hard to tell because, like, I'm not – there's so much information yeah. we don't have. I'm, like, going to retweet all of what you just said, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Oh, man. Yeah, I would say, like, I think that's really good advice about, like, taking a look at the rest of the friend group and seeing, like, yeah. is it – like, and first of all, like – I think one of the very first things she said was, like, I'm not close to everybody in my friend group. And I was like, that sounds normal to me. Yeah. Like, I had a very small group in high school, not 50 people, mm -hmm. but, like, like six to eight. And I talked to very little of them yeah. still. And I was very, very close with only half of them. You know, it's – I think it's very normal to only have, like, close relationships with a couple of people. And when, like, an, a situation puts together, like, ten people – like, you're not all going to get along. Mm -hmm. You're, like, situational friends. And you can make that work. And you can make really great, you know, relationships yeah. from that. But I don't think you have to stress about, like, do I have equally strong relationships with these 10 people? Because I feel like 10 actually truly close friends, that's impossible to yeah. That's a lot. That's a full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't date then either. Oh, yeah. Like, that's so much. <laughs> so... Yeah, I, I like the idea of taking a step back and seeing if you feel closer to other people. It sounds like for whatever reason, you guys are not fully jiving right now. And I don't know what that's about. Um, if there are people that you feel like you're closer to and you're really in tune with and would like to keep investing in those relationships, like maybe you could open up the dialogue just a little bit yeah. and be like, you know, hey, I'm just getting the sense that like maybe there's a little distance or something and I really care about you as a friend and I want to make sure everything's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if they're invested and they're a good friend, they'll find a way to have that conversation with you. And if they're not at a point where they can do that or they're just your personalities don't jive, that's not anything about you. It's just, you know, you guys are at a really – transitional time in your lives and you're learning a lot about yourselves and about each other and it's fine for friendships to ebb and flow mm -hmm. um so yeah i would just like take a look at this friend group see who matters um let go of the ones that don't not necessarily like cut them out but yeah. just you know don't don't let your validity rise and fall with how they feel about you um and if this friend group isn't like the group then like find people that you know you can really hype on instagram and they'll hype you back because they got yeah. your back and I think it's a it's it's a hard line to figure out the difference of who do you want to be friends with and whose approval are you seeking. Yeah. And I, I when I got like fully exiled from my college friend group, I now looking back on it, I so desperately was like I like at that time I was like no I really wanted to be friends again with them I won't be friends again but I was like no I got burned and I wanted their approval back and like all mm -hmm. of that that I put into that and that investing into it. It wasn't because they were great friends. Clearly, they didn't want to be my friend, but like that felt so shitty to me that like I was just seeking their approval and calling it friendship. And then that's a game you cannot win ever. Yeah. So I think it's take it back and like, do you you don't want friends who don't do that? Like like that's like it's the same thing with dating. Like you don't want to force someone who's like not that into you to date you. Like you also don't want to be friends with people who aren't great. Like and right. it's a hard thing to have, especially because when you're. Yeah, when you're in college and all of that stuff, like, you you want to have friends regardless. You're like, even if they're shitty, like, I'll take – I just need some friends. Right. But I think, like, you can have, like, the – the I don't want to say – yeah, like, more, like, surface-level friendship with these people and then invest in the ones that are worth investing in. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, in general, you don't want to let your sense of self rise and fall based on how other people are treating you. Like, mm -hmm. you are valid – 
and worthy of love and belonging no matter how many people are your friend or how many people in this friend group comment on your picture. Start there. Yeah. And then work out. Yeah. I need some advice about dealing with a difficult person, we'll say. Um, Last year, my roommate ended up being a very rude person and just all around not a good person to be around. Um, In short, it was obviously a year-long deal of me living with her, but basically she thought that I was bullying her if I wouldn't, like, come in and talk to her um, when really all I want to do is go in and watch Netflix. She told me that I needed to go to therapy to deal with being stressed out, um, which I'm fine with therapy, of course, but... (laughs) It was a, said a very rude way, um, and it was just constantly her saying that I was bullying her, and when, oddly enough, an issue came up over pillows, um, everything just kind of exploded, and she started telling other people that I threatened her life because she moved my pillows, which is not true at all, but... Um, the thing that makes this really difficult is that we're in the same sorority and literally in a couple of days, I'm going back to campus and living in the house once again, luckily with different people, but I will definitely be around her. And I just want your advice on like how to deal with someone who has caused all of this trauma, so to speak. Um, she's like blocked me on all social media, refuses to like acknowledge my existence anymore, which is fine with me because we never really got along after that whole situation happened but we're still in the same sorority and I just want everything to be cool and it's really making me nervous going back so any advice that you might have about how to be in her presence especially when I hear her talking bad about me uh, would be greatly appreciated love you guys thanks bye are we sure this isn't like a Netflix horror movie waiting no, to happen? Truly. <laughs> uh, honestly, it's so funny though because like uh people always make fun of like, you know, like girls, quote unquote, or people for caring so much about throw pillows. Like that's like of like, oh my god, you have so many <laughs> fucking pillows. Like you and your obsession with pillows. Like that's literally Monta's like number one joke with me that like we have too many like you and your throw pillows. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this girl like I love that like this is like classic what like straight guys think girls fight over. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is what, it's probably they probably like lost their friendship over throw pillows. Oh my god. They did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gosh, I mean sh- sh- I don't I don't know how great I'm going to be at answering this because you want a way to like be cool and be mature. Whereas for me, I would just flat out fucking ignore her. Like I just wouldn't, I would, I would not acknowledge her presence. Would your Leo just full on take over? Oh my God. Yeah. I would just be like, I'm also one of the people that like, if I sense crazy and unhinged, I fucking hate unhinged people. I do not like people who are unpredictable and like, I don't know what they're going to do or say. So I am like, I'm not fucking liable. Like, I'm as far as a fucking way as possible. If you get, I'm not, I am, will not be questioned. I will not be a witness. Like, I am not, like, I like to, like, really remove myself from that. Um, and so, yeah, that that's, I mean, I just think, like, it's, you can want to be cool and cordial with someone, but clearly she doesn't want that with you. So I don't think that, they, I think whatever she, the relationship that she has with you I don't think I think that's what you mirror. And if she's going to be like petty and stoop, like really low, I don't say not don't mirror that. But if she's going to just flat out ignore you, I would take I would have her like 
set the tone for how it's going to be when you see her and you can just like smile and say like hey and then if she just like is like totally ignores you then like okay cool and then if if she brings it up later it's like well you ignore i thought that that's what you would have wanted from me like Mm -hmm. i was taking what i assumed you would have wanted but i don't think that you should put any more time or energy into this and i get that that's hard because like there's definitely people who like i have like beef with and like when i see them it's like a girl yeah i'm gonna but i'm also like i'm gonna fucking avoid the shit out of you like i'm gonna try and not run into you and if i do i'm gonna like have like three second delay see what you do and then i'm gonna like go there because i think if you put yourself out on a limb and try and like be the bigger person it sounds like you rightfully so have like traumatic feelings around her and i think like the more that you get invested in this the more you're possibly gonna get hurt yeah this seems like a little bit of like a crazy vortex almost. Like whatever, yeah, whatever can get into it gets like reinterpreted as crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate, I don't like using the word crazy around women, but it's highly emotional and volatile. Yeah. We'll go with yeah. that. Um, see, okay, so I'm a cancer, so I'm like, oh my God. like sweet little water sign. Your, like how do we deal with this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I don't, I actually don't hate your answer though. Like I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, if she's blocking you, if she's going to ignore you and give you the cold shoulder, like, there is no reason for you to talk to her about mm-hmm. it. Like, genuinely. I don't think that there is. I think probably the most important thing with this kind of personality in general is boundaries. So you need to set the boundary for yourself that you are not going to get pulled back into this drama if she tries to revive this whole, like, ending your life over throw pillows narrative. Just be like... I'm not talking about it. I'm not feeding into it. If the girls in the sorority want it to be a whole thing, you're not commenting on it. Like, you are Beyonce in the elevator <laughs> with... with <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's you right now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good for, it's a good person to be. <laughs> yeah. I'd be here any day. Honestly, yeah, I would be Beyonce any day. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> um, but yeah, cool, calm, collected. Like, this is, like... She doesn't need to add any more trauma or drama to your life. And I can't tell you for sure that she won't try to, but I can tell you for sure that you don't have to give her the time of day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if she tries to, you know, have a conversation with you and, like, start drama, um, you know, I would see, like, if it's like, oh, my God, you moved my throw pillows or whatever, um, just come at it with, like, facts and figures. Like, I'm sorry that you feel I moved your throw pillows. I will not move them again. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, like almost lawyer that stuff. Like yeah. don't even. And I, I think, and we've said that we, I've given this advice before where it's like people you really don't like, but who are unhinged, they're going to show their true colors and other people will be able mm-hmm. to make that judgment mm-hmm. call. So I think the more that you can even pretend like this past year never happened and like she's a girl in your sorority that like you don't know that well and that you don't really have any desire of being friends with, but like it's as if it never fucking happened. So if she, if she sees you and she's like, hey, and you're like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, and to be like, well, what? and it's like just very as if like you literally have no clue why she would hate you or why she would be mad at you. Mm-hmm. But don't do that in like an invest like let's start being friends again. It's just like a, oh, I'm unfazed by everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From like personal experience, there was a girl in my sorority who she was a liar and user of people. And I mm-hmm. caught on to it pretty early on. And um. I started like ignoring her and then she started talking bad about me um, and she did it because she wanted my attention. Yeah. And so then um, other people started catch and I would just like, I would acknowledge her presence, but I wouldn't like, I wasn't her friend in any right. sort of the, the matter. And so 
slowly other people started catching on and realizing like who she actually was and then it was like she was she was not i wouldn't say exile but people just knew who she was and she stopped being able to take advantage of other people yeah she put herself in her own place essentially like there i think that people like that it's only a matter of time before mm-hmm. like they're they're the ones who are going to bring their I don't want to say demise, but they're the ones who are going to bring that upon them. It's not anyone else's responsibility. Exactly. And it's an in, like Thanos. It's inevitable. <laughs> um, but I uh, yeah, I, I think like it can be really, really hard, um, especially if you have like yeah still traumatic hurt feelings that can be like it's a trigger like it's totally mm. a trigger. Um, and I think the the best advice I could say is truly just have a couple friends who know the situation. Don't show up to sorority events where you know she's going to be at first. Like, give yourself kind of padding and cushioning so you have someone there who can be with you, like, that you're not really caught in a place that can kind of slip you back into those feelings and creating those boundaries to, like, protect yourself and then just fucking faking it and eventually it's going to get a lot easier and also the kind of like faux nice oblivious thing is really cunty and it feels really like good (laughs) but it also doesn't make you you're not going out of your way to cause drama in a way and Mm -hmm. it still is you're still able to dislike her and hate her you're just reconstructing how you're doing that but it feels just as satisfying to you i always say like who you actually are will who you are will shine truer and brighter than what people say about you, which will work both for you and for her. Mm, (laughs) Um, So just, yeah, be you, do you, let that be it. Um, But then my other thing that I like to remind myself of often is don't feed the trolls. Mm. So if she is this, you know, emotionally volatile, likes to have some kind of drama going on and you were her last drama target, she might try to see if she can reignite that and keep that one going and you just need to be above it, which I think mm-hmm. we've said at this point. Don't feed the trolls and just let it be. Realize that this is like her burnout action. She's going to go through this crescendo of whatever toward you and then it will move on to the next person. Mm-hmm. Just let it be. Yeah. Just take a front row seat. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Get your popcorn. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm ready to watch this crumble. <laughs> oh, well, best of luck. Mm-hmm. Hope you have a great school year. Do good in school, in classes. <laughs> <laughs> Ace it and... Uh, use protection. Cool. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box, and if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. 
underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time. And I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function there, it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss, the vanilla cream, the caramel sundae. I have all three of those flavors. Sometimes I mix and match them. Sometimes I'll use it when I'm baking or I'll just drink it straight. And it is, they're so good. They have a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that makes it so delicious. You can get 
fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only nine dollars. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work. 
which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. everybody we're back from our break and we're gonna hop into the rest of the calls hi megan i'm 23 years old and i'm kind of in a dilemma with a friend so i decided to create an app for my friend and her boyfriend's business and i was not paid i reiterated many times that this app was beyond my my knowledge i was the only one developing the app i couldn't talk about it share the code with anyone else I got majority of it done, but after a month, I told them that they would have to look for another person because I will not be able to fix it within their deadline. My friend responded by saying that I was not—I was giving up on her and quitting on her. 
because I was taking on other projects. She said, how would I be able to do those projects if I keep quitting on everyone else? There was a miscommunication of how much of a role I would be within their app, and I think she was hurt by that. Two days passed, and I see a post on Facebook saying that there's a person who's close to her who is toxic. I don't care that she posts about me, but I just find it ironic that she says that I was toxic because I feel the same way about her. She's insecure about her weight, and she keeps telling me that I need to eat more because I'm skinny. She'll compare her awful financial situation to me, says she doesn't have the money to pay for her bills, but spends $3,000 to take a week trip to Florida. Then she'll justify her spending, saying that, oh, because you don't have a kid and other payments, that's why I'm not in debt. But why does that matter? I didn't choose to have a kid and pay for two dogs. I know how to live within my means. I feel like I'm in some constant competition with her. Whenever her life is great, she'll push her choices on me. But when it's going bad, she'll take it out on me. Honestly, what what it comes down to is I don't feel respected in the relationship, and I don't have the patience to put up with shitty behavior. The only thing that's preventing me cutting ties is that she has done a lot for me, and I've been friends with her for over a decade. She wrote that out. So. She did. I love when <laughs> Honestly, I appreciate that. I feel like I would be that person. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd be the what calls we get in the back of the Uber drunk. <laughs> that would be me. I'd be like, oh, my God, I just met this boy and I fucked up. <laughs> I love those calls. Yeah. Those are so fun. Oh, my god. When people's, like, actual first call of, like, you haven't even gotten home yet or it's just, like, I'm in my car and I just did something so stupid. <laughs> I'm like, and we're the first person about to call. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. Oh, funny. This sucks. Yeah. Like, this hardcore sucks. Um, Oof. You know, let's just, like, let's go ahead and give it up for, like, realizing the toxic traits. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like sometimes when you're in them, it sounds like she likes to really, she being the caller, really likes to, like, invest into relationships and yeah. give into things and care for people and it can be really hard to set your own boundaries in that scenario and she is in the sense that like she sees what's toxic so good for you mm-hmm. hardest part is realizing the problem oh ish yeah. it takes a while oh yeah it's like there has to be <clears throat> a breaking point and i think the 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 app and not that kind of stuff i think that for you it's i'm not i don't maybe at least for me when i i always had in toxic friendships i would get to a point where it was like a moment of clarity. It'd be like something. Mm-hmm. I talk about this in therapy all the time. Like an event has to happen that like my like trauma brain can't go, oh, this is my fault. Oh, this is me. Like, mm. and it has to be something that I'm like, no, no. All of those like negative thoughts in my head that like try and justify it. If those can't even justify something that I'm like, oh, and it's like a like whole thing is lifted and suddenly you see everything else that you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is what's been happening this whole time? Yeah. Wild. It's like a crazy reality shift. Yeah. yeah. It's like taking off VR goggles and I'm just like, holy shit. <laughs> How did I end up here? That's actually so accurate. Ugh. I I think like, I think it's sucky that uh, people who you've known for a long period of time and people that you've invested in a lot and that have meant a lot to you it really sucks and it disappoints you so much more when those people end up being shitty Mm -hmm. but they're not like protected from that like anybody can be a toxic person a toxic friend and like they're not exempt because you've known them the longest or anything like that and it's really sucky to know that no matter how much time and energy and effort you put into a relationship like 
things can happen that are totally out of your control that you didn't ask for and that can end it and turn people to be really shitty to you. Um, And there is, I don't think that there's any reason to stay in a friendship that isn't a friendship because that's the thing. Like that's your relationship. Like it's not, it's not how you met. It's not like, no, we're not like how you met and how long you've known each other has literally nothing to do with qualities of a friend. Mm -hmm. That's just the context of how you became friends. And if she's not being your friend, then she's not your friend. It's someone that you know who you've been really close with and who's really fucked that tie, like fucked that up. Mm -hmm. And she sounds, you sound super aware of the fact that she's clearly hurting and she's taking it out on you. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're doing nobody any favors by letting her do not I would say letting her do that but like you don't need to stick around I do I have this like so I tell my friends this all the time when they're friends people like this I'm like you don't have to like even if someone's going through a really terrible time you don't have to stick around and be a punching bag because mm-hmm. that's not your responsibility and that's not your job and also that doesn't actually help them that doesn't yeah. help them move through it or move past it there are times where like you can lash out at your friends and then realize that you fucked up and apologize or you have that conversation. But if you can't have that conversation with her and you're just describing these things that she's done as just like character traits and stuff all the time, like by that behavior is just who she is at this point. Yeah. And it's not something that ha- you've been able to kind of correct and redirect and she's been able to grow from. And it ju- when and then that's just enabling that kind of like shitty behavior. And some people just need to like, fucking fall flat on their ass yeah i agree i was i was thinking about that as you were because what i find is somebody that um does tend to like stick around in these kind of relationships and really try to like help people and it's like oh they're hurting i can help them like they're punching me but eventually they'll get over it like what i found is that like typically what these types of individuals need most is to experience the consequences of their actions Mm mm-hmm um, so yeah, falling flat on their face in their own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, it does not sound like sh- you owe her anything. It sounds like you feel like you do based mm-hmm. on the amount of time that you've been friends, maybe stuff that she's helped you through in the past. And I think, I mean, you can have a thank you next moment with that. Like <laughs> she's been there for you. She's been something for you. She's clearly meant something in your life and it's okay for her role in your life to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think of, I don't really know if you would ever have characterized her as a soulmate, but I, I define soulmates as, like, any kind of relationship that is deeply meaningful and helpful to you. It can be familial, friend, romantic. It can last for a lifetime. It can last for months. Um, and it's okay for those seasons to come and go. And so it sounds like this friendship has, like, found and ended its season. I think it, you guys would both be better off. Um you know, taking a step back. And I think you hit it on the head with like, this was like a very um, catalysty moment for her to realize like how toxic everything was. I will say just like as a side note, as somebody that like I work with my sister, like she's an employee of mine. If you're ever going to work with like friends or family, like have an agreement that's written up Mm -hmm. around like how things will be paid, when they will be paid, what are the roles that you're fulfilling? Um, just that just helps you didn't do anything wrong in the situation it just came up for me wanted to throw it out there yeah contracts um, yeah they're very fully in writing very very helpful well best of luck yes um and like cool on the fact that you can like make apps shit. <laughs> yeah like should we go on to the next we should 
Hi, Megan. I'm 25 years old, and I have kind of like a really general question for you. I have been dating since I was like 18, and I've had a few boyfriends, and I seem to have the same problem in all my relationships, and I have this expectation that I just can't shake. No matter how hard I try, it always gets the best of me, and it always makes me feel truly worthless if they don't meet this expectation, and I'm just wondering if that's normal. Um, I feel like no matter who I date, no one ever wants to take me out on dates. No one ever wants to celebrate me. For example, I just got a new condo and my boyfriend didn't even bring over flowers. Um, and, you know, all these guys from work came over and dropped off all these housewarming presents. And it just, it hurts my feelings a lot to know that my own boyfriend can't even bring me flowers. And at the same time, you know, I don't want to be that girl that expects gifts and expects, you know, him to pay for dates. But I find myself paying for all the dates. And then if he does pay, he only pays his half. Um, and it's just really something that I just can't get over. And I don't know if maybe I'm the problem and that's an expectation that I shouldn't have. Or if it is an expectation that's realistic, how could I go about meeting somebody that is going to meet that expectation because I, I date so many different people, different races and ages and heights and jobs and backgrounds and, you know, you name it. And it always ends up being exactly the same. Um, I, I really just want to go on a date once every like four to six months. And it always seems to be like something that isn't possible and is, not a priority in anyone's life and I don't know I just I just wanted to know if maybe like I need to address this with myself or if that's totally realistic um I I don't want to be the person who sets up all the dates anymore my boyfriend recently set up a date and a week in advance and he just failed and I can't help but being so disappointed because I've been looking forward to it all week Anyways, let me know what you think. Thank you so much. Wait, did she just say she wants to go on a date every four to six months? Yep. <laughs> that's that's the baseline? Yep. I mean, first of all, I think you need to date um, retired rich guys who have a lot of time <laughs> and a lot of money. <laughs> I don't so, think hey. that's it. I think it might be the personality <laughs> of the guy that she's dating. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, you can get yeah. the same personality type in any package. Yeah. Like, you and your boyfriend should take this quiz because I think it'll be enlightening for you to see how he shows love in ways that you don't necessarily receive it. So for you, you're not feeling that love because you, in my assumption, receive that love through gifts and quality time. And he's not necessarily giving you that. So you don't feel love. But maybe the way he shows love is through acts of service and words of affirmation. And then you're like, oh, wow, he is showing me how much he cares about me because he's telling me all mm -hmm. of this but i'm just not and not even in like a knocking you away like you're just not able to you don't read it that same way right. maybe he's like do, like he's unloading the dishwasher like he's like buying certain like he's not like getting you flowers but like he like got you milk when he saw that you were running out and Mots and i have very different love languages mine mine is quality time and physical touch so i'm clingy as hell honestly same like i just like want to be like i just want you to want to be around me all the time 
And it's like, uh, if your hand could be on me anywhere at any oh, point yeah. in time, I would be totally if happy. We're sitting next to like, each other and you're not touching like, me. I'm literally. like, are you mad at me? <laughs> like, it is just like, no, I'm sitting right next to you. I'm like, yeah, but you're not touching me. Like, I just want you to hold my hand. Like, I am so clingy like that. But for him, um, his are words of affirmation and acts of service. And mm-hmm. so, like, like, and I've learned that now that like he'll go and he sees that we're out of milk or coffee, and before I even know, he's already bought it and replenished it. Mm. Or I like will mention like, oh fuck, I gotta get. Well, remind me to get gas um in the morning, and I'll wake up and he'll be like, hey, I got you gas, and like, Ugh. and like, and that kind of stuff. But like for like my natural instinct, I had to learn that like, oh, this is you. Like, yeah. I can receive that now, but like natural immediately, that wouldn't have been like a. I wasn't taking that like, oh, wow, thank you so much. Because he's yeah. like, no, I'm showing you how much I care yeah. about you. But I was just being like, oh, yeah, we ran out of milk. Like, cool. Thank like, right. But I was like, oh, no, this is. Th-. And, and that was a great way to kind of see that. But I think you need to take it with him to kind of understand where he's at. But at the same time, it's also very OK to like. Expect and want certain things out of relationships, I think. You just need to figure out uh, why you want those things. And is that how you like receive love? Or is it um, is it something that you're not getting that you think will kind of make this relationship click more and you'll be more in this will be this will be the good thing. And like this is what's missing. But like he just might not be that guy. Yeah. And it might be that like, oh, I, I think in theory, I really want these sorts of things. But like in the actual act of it, does it re- like. What is it that matters? Like, or is it like, oh yeah, he's not planning dates. Is that the part that is upsetting to you? Or is it the fact that you don't feel like you're getting to spend quality time with him? Mm -hmm. And even if like, or uninterrupted, like you're not on your phones or something like that. And like, is the fact that like he didn't bring flowers, is it the flowers that you're upset about? Or is it the fact that like, you don't feel like you're getting attention and it's not actually the flowers. Like you just don't feel like seen and you don't feel really cared for. Um, Because I think, I think like you're really going solution based, which is very much me where I'm like, oh, this is the pro- like, let's just, let's just change this and fix this and this will be right. But mm-hmm. it might also be representative of deeper feelings that you have about the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much on the same page as you there. I would definitely say like step one, assess love languages, make yeah. sure that y'all are on the same page. Because um, it is funny how much people can talk past each other with those. Oh, yeah. Um, actually, I have a friend of mine whose um, significant other's love language is acts of service and then hers is words, words of validation. Ugh. And she was like, it's like, it's really great to know, but also I hate it because I have to like do the dishes and do all this stuff. And he just has to tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> That's <laughs> But so as funny. soon as they figured it out, yeah. it like made such a big difference. And like I've felt that in relationships as well, where it's like when you're able to like learn each other's language it helps a lot Mm -hmm. barring that it sounds like again what you said she wants to feel more seen and celebrated in a relationship and yes that is an absolutely normal thing to want that is not selfish that is not wrong I think you know it's a spectrum you could make that a giant selfish thing if it was like excuse me where is my breakfast in bed this morning that that's maybe a little far but if you just like if, if the goal really is like a really great date that your boyfriend plans every four to six months, like that is a very low bar. Yeah. Like extremely low bar. So if you're not getting that level of care and insight in your relationship, then yeah, maybe like, first of all, that's a normal thing to expect. And maybe this isn't the right relationship for that. 
I do think like based on what I've heard, it's probably best to go ahead and like assess whether or not you guys are expressing your affections in the same way and just see if you, you guys are on the same page, you're just expressing it differently. Um, but I also don't think that it's wrong to want to feel, you know, desired and seen and celebrated um, in a relationship because I've been in relationships where I wasn't like significantly and I thought I was the problem and I thought I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced relationships where I have been a priority and it's life changing. Um, and so like, yeah, obviously you want to know that you're you're seen and you're cared for first and foremost, and that's definitely valid. I would do a little bit of like self-work, maybe like some journaling, maybe reading some self-help books, um, just figuring out like, what is it that I really want from a relationship? What things really make my heart sing like in theory or in practice? What has gone well for me in the past? Um, what do I want and why do I want it? Do I want this because I saw it in a rom-com or do I want this because it sounds like it would really fill something in my heart mm -hmm. or my soul or whatever. I think it also needs to be a conversation with him because I think at least from what I'm hearing, you're doing a lot of like do unto others as you would like done unto you. But if you're planning all of the dates, mm. he doesn't have to plan them That's because true. you're doing it. And like example, me, I love planning my own birthday. I don't want yeah. anyone to plan my birthday. So Mott's one year wanted to plan my like my birthday mm -hmm. and I it was causing me so much stress and anxiety. And mm -hmm. he's like, well, no, I'm just going to like, and then finally he's like, oh, you like doing this. Mm -hmm. Like, that's okay. This makes sense. He might think that you enjoy planning these dates. He might like if this is like a subtle hint that you want him to do it. But I think like I don't want to say like, oh, take something away. And then from there, but having a conversation like for him, like what is his ideal date night? Maybe yeah. his ideal date night is like sitting and like watching Netflix and eating pizza. And maybe yours is going out and doing stuff. Yeah. And the thing to touch on the financial aspect of it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. If he's can't pay for a date for both of you he can't pay for a date for both of you and that's something that like if and no shade if you want to date someone who's can do that you have to go out of your way to date somebody who's financially well off and willing and able to spend their money on you but that's not a precursor to every relationship and it's it's something that you're gonna need to seek out and be really go go for that because nobody should like go broke for that and also right. it just might not be what he wants to spend his money on which is also fine yeah. and if it's not something that like if it's a date that like sure it makes like you happy or whatever but like a relationship I think is also about like finding things that you both mutually are into and not like oh tit for tat okay I'm gonna do this thing that you really like mm -hmm. that I fucking hate doing but because it makes you happy but then we're gonna do this thing that I really like and it just goes back and forth in a way that's like you need to find some sort of middle ground. Right. And you it's also you don't need to pay for him. You can just split everything all of the time. And I think like rom-coms have made this idea that like, oh, like the guy paying, like that's so romantic. Yeah. Like that's, but like it doesn't need to be at all. And if you want to be financially taken care of, which I'm not accusing you of, and it's also not a bad thing to want, that just also has to be on your list of things that when you're going into a relationship, that that's something that you express very early on and like that weeds out your selection process. But at, yeah, guys in their 20s uh, or anyone in their 20s, it's no one's responsibility to uh, not that I'm saying that you are saying it's a responsibility, but like he's allowed to spend his money however he wants to. And if you genuinely want to spend your money on dates for both of you, then do that. But if you're doing that because you want him to do it back, stop doing that. Yeah, I would say like. 
I mean, maybe maybe the love language here is gifts because that's two things that we've gotten highlighted. Um, I don't know. I agree with you. I think if it's definitely like you want to be taken care of in a relationship, like you do definitely mm-hmm. need to like look for that. Um, I don't know if I'm getting that from her, but yeah, I, I really can't tell. It's so hard with like. Yeah, a I mean, she just no. bought her a town. Ta- she just bought a townhouse. So I don't think she's she doing needs okay. to be taken care no, of. No, yeah, not exactly. at all. I think it's more along the lines of if you're someone who likes to ca- like financially treat other people then do that but it just right but it's obviously it's hurting you that he's not doing that back so i don't right. know if you're getting joy by doing that and that's the only right. time that you should do you know what i mean like if, I'm, if I'm gonna spend money on my friends and i'm gonna take them all out to dinner that's because i want to i don't want it to be like okay now i'm waiting for your t- your turn to kind of do that yeah and it it and it sh- yeah it shouldn't feel like yeah. that like you should feel good doing it yeah i'm very much in turn like i don't even think of it as transactional i like seeing and having like equal commitment within the relationship so that could mean financially that could mean Mm -hmm. emotionally like all that kind of stuff um so I guess like I don't know if it is a little bit gender normy to be like whoa he hasn't paid for a date like what's wrong with him like that's oh but that was my original reaction (laughs) (laughs) um I I think maybe for you it sounds like it's not um He's not investing in the relationship, like, obviously in this one it's monetarily, but, like, in general you don't feel like he's investing in the relationship as much as you are. So, yeah, like you said, maybe having that point, like, that clarifying point of, like, how do we want to approach dates? Like, I really want to see, like, you don't have to say this following up to that, but, like, I want to see that he's invested. I want to see that he cares, and I'm not seeing it right now. And so I just want to, like, for you, you have to figure out what does seeing that look like. And then for him, it's, like, that can he rise to that mm-hmm. or adjust to that or fill that space in whatever way? Um, yeah, because maybe he takes, maybe you take you guys out to dinner and a movie and you pay for that. And then he can't afford that. And maybe it, but it, it might not be about like, oh, him paying for this kind of stuff. Maybe it's then him planning a date that like you go on a picnic and like it's something that still has the time and energy and effort put into it, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's it's something that he can like if he's like struggle like str- yeah. like strapped for money. It's something that it has the same amount of like effort and energy and like uh, thoughtfulness put into it. It just doesn't cost that much. But yeah, best of luck. Let us know how it goes. And um, congrats on a condo. Oh my god! Like fuck, dude. Like these guys have their lives together, dude. Do you, do you guys want to be my life coaches? <laughs> do you know how many of them have fucking like babies and husbands and homes? And I'm like, why? It's fine. I'm 30 and I'm renting an apartment. I, it's whatever. Li- literally, I'm literally like, well, it's cool. I don't even have a dog yet. <laughs> there are people who've called in where we've like recommended, like maybe you get a dog, and they've called back like, so I got a dog. I'm like, fuck, I don't even have a dog yet. Like. In the time from yeah, one to zero, I was like, I want to talk. So we've been talking about it. We're gonna do it. We're oh my gosh! It. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I'm ready. <gasps> Fucking ready. Yes. Is it time for don't? Yes. Blame them. Don't blame them. Don't blame them. She's a listener. She said, said, "Um." Yeah, she knows. Yes, I know. Yeah. I watched that episode with Keith. <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Fucking love Keith. Also, can you like introduce me to the Try Guys? For sure. Except them. Eugene, because he's the only one. <laughs> so this is where uh, you guys call in with your own advice um, from previous episodes. So. Roll the tapes. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm calling to give a little bit of advice to the girl in the episode with Becca Tilly, who was afraid to go to the gynecologist because she didn't want to talk about it to her parents. Um, So I was kind of in a similar situation. Um, I was 23. I needed to go to the gynecologist, but 
both of my parents are pretty Southern Baptist, and I'm on their health care. Um, little fun fact, though, your health care, you can make yourself the only person who gets the bills and the information, even if you're on your parents' health care. If you're over 18, you just need to call your health care, tell them that you do not want any of your medical information given to anyone else, and they will only send the bill to you, and they won't notify your parents even though you're on their insurance. So pro tip. Or you could just do like Megan and Melissa said and just go and leave them the bill anyways and just hope they never bring it up. But either way, good luck. Oh, my God. Oh, pro tip. I didn't know that. Me neither. I'm um, on my own health insurance, so it's not helpful for me. But I know. Damn. Same. same. Um, that's so funny. I literally just watched that episode. Mm-hmm. You're um, talking about when you came in. Yeah. It is. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. God. Wow. That is. I. How did you find that out? Like, did you go? Did someone tell you? Did you Google that? Like, that's like an information thing that I'm like. I don't Damn. know, but we are all more empowered for it. Yeah. Thank you, I've, caller. I get so many DMs all the time about people being like, "How do I like go to a certain doctor without my parents finding out?" I'm like, "Fucking no, no, at all." I'm but not now, a medical professional. Now, now there's this. That's yeah. crazy. But also, it's just if, if you live with your parents, it just has to be the same thing that I used to do before report cards would come, um, where I would like speed fucking home and <laughs> me and Jerry, um, Sydney was always really great at school. So like she never had to like speed home and throw. Mm. We would actually force her to throw away the report card because it would it- otherwise she would fuck up our whole storyline of being like, oh, report cards aren't here yet. And we would just have to like race home and be like. You have to be the first, you just wait at the mailbox. I know. We were very different kids in high school. Oh, yeah. Well, you're, you and Cindy are both cancers. You're like, <laughs> no, you've got great grades, all of that shit. Again, charisma got me not really any, did not get me into good colleges. But like, you had like, you have more fun stories than I did, uh, for sure. But I, eh, I mean, y- yes, <laughs> at a, to a certain extent, but also, you know, it's not necessarily like, I don't look back on it. I'm like, wow, I was really, really glad I did all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but that's a good pro tip. Tip, though i like this i also yeah. grew up in a very southern baptist family so i understand mm-hmm. yep it was the whole thing thankfully i didn't try to go until like right before i got married and my parents were like okay we understand and i oh, was that, like okay yeah you're like oh for sure <laughs> yeah for sure okay well that's it for this episode kaylee thank you so much for being on oh my gosh okay i, I feel so like excited. i had so much therapy this week like this was like you have like i mean you obviously don't live here but like you can't come back as often but you have to come back like, oh absolutely such good advice really i feel like i like the therapy worked yeah 100 <laughs> percent. sometimes i do feel like when we have like people who are really good at answering questions i feel like i've had like a, an additional therapy session this oh, week oh my god that's such is, a good compliment no, i really appreciate it's, that you're, you're clearly wait yeah my therapist would love you <laughs> she's like yeah kaylee would be my star pupil where i'm over oh here being like this is bullshit i'm over <laughs> it can we just stop <laughs> uh but uh tell people where they can check you out on the internet oh hey okay so i'm kaylee melissa k-a-y-l-e-y melissa on pretty much everything i mostly post on youtube got a lot of hair tutorial content and i'm on instagram i've got halloween coming up it's gonna be a real fun month you guys this is the time if any if anyone do- has not followed you yet this is the time to be like you go hard oh i do you go so hard girl i've already been filming halloween stuff oh my god yeah wow i don't even like halloween i still watch but um, if you guys want to be on an upcoming episode, you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. And international listeners, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram, don't blom, meme pod. 
and our own individual Instagrams. Uh, you can listen to this if you're not, if you're watching and if you're watching, go uh, listen. <laughs> it's all linked. All of the things. If YouTube, you're listening, I make a lot of really insane faces reacting to these calls. Oh, so have fun. Well, hope you guys enjoyed and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts. Camera operator Amanda Lechner. And music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Part of the HerPod Network.